Rosalia Gall, a 51-year-old queen's mother of two, was discovered dead in a duffel bag just a few blocks from her home. She suffered dozens of stab wounds. Her former lover, David Bonola, has been arrested for the murder. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. Yeah, you're having some fun at your house, aren't you? We are brand new puppy parents. We finally <laughs> picked our puppies up uh, yesterday, so they are seven-week-old dear Chihuahua puppies. Oh. And they are tiny. They are. And so cute. Oh, my hell. They are just killing us with cuteness. The uh, littlest, Bruno, he weighs 1.5 pounds. And then his brother, Luca, weighs 1.7 pounds. So they're both, they're little. They're itty bitties. And my are. hell, they still bite hard, uh, scream loud, <laughs> and cuddle big. I, you know, mm -hmm. size doesn't matter. Yeah, they are getting wild now. You know, they've been here now for 24 hours or so. And. They're starting to really uh, wind up. Oh, my goodness. The galloping. <laughs> Their little tiny feet on my hardwood floors make the damnedest gallop you've ever heard. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. I so if bet. you hear some wailing in the distance, it's because they are currently in their crate because I can't watch them while I do this. And um, they need lots of watching. So they're pretty pissed <laughs> off right now. <laughs> I, I suspect that they will survive. I'm certain of it. They have each other. They have a toy. They've also had dinner and have full bellies. They just weren't quite done having fun. <laughs> They'll go off to sleep quickly, I would mm -hmm. imagine. I would think so. Well, this is our Monday episode. And yes. I know, Katie, you are going to kick us off with a little bit of Florida Man. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, it's not even really Florida man, it's Florida woman, but Florida man just has kind of become a bit of a brand. It has. Well, this Florida woman was getting married. She's the one on the left. The one on the right is her caterer. Yeah. Uh, Dania, or Dania, uh, is the bride, and Dania Glennie and her... Caterer's name is Jocelyn Bryant. Well, it seems that Dania and Jocelyn were thinking about the menu for the wedding. And they thought that one way to make it an even funner time would be to cook marijuana into the food. What? Yeah. And just serve it blindly to their guests? Indeed. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And uh, they did not scrimp because people got muffed up. Oh, my gosh. And ended up in the hospital. One girl ended up in her car thinking she was dying. Now, you think about if you've ever really gotten muffed up on weed, that you do think you're dying. 
then, you know, that you, can certainly happen. Mm-hmm, and you might need someone to remind you that you're not, you it know, may or that may not have happened to me a time or two. <laughs> me too. And, you know, <laughs> lungs are working and that, you know, you are okay. But imagine not knowing. Right. Then you would be terrifying. Literally think you're dying. Something is seriously wrong. Mm-hmm. One lady said she got so paranoid that she thought that the whole family was keeping a secret from her. And that uh, it somehow in her head, she'd cooked up this idea that her son-in-law was dead and everybody was lying to her about it. Oh, no. And she, it was extremely upsetting. Another girl thought she was dying, went out to her car and kind of slept it off in the parking lot, discovered later she had sent herself a text so that uh, if people found her, they might know what happened to her because she didn't know. I'm <laughs> not really sure what the text said, but uh, it was bad. And... They ended up, yes, quite a few people ended up being taken to the hospital uh, and treated. And, you know, children ate this food. Elderly people that are on all kinds of medication ate this food. I mean, you cannot just randomly or just, you know, hand out widespread weed. You cannot do that. No, definitely. That's a that's a huge, huge no. Yeah. I. It's crazy to think that anyone thought this was a good idea. Donya is 42 years old, for Christ's sake. What She's not they? a child. She Or no. a, a young person. I, not that I think most young people would do this either. But, you know, she really should have known she better. Should have known the repercussions of this decision. So they've both been arrested and charged with charges of tampering, culpable negligence, and delivery of marijuana. <laughs> yeah. And I have no idea what the new husband's doing or thinking uh, about all of this. One guest asked the bride if the food had been laced with pot. And she said, yes. And uh, that the uh, caterer did it. Isn't that great? As if this was the gift. It was a great thing. Oh, my gosh. Why? Yeah. Why would anyone think that's a good idea? Yeah. Why, indeed. Oh, boy. Well, you think about people who then could have failed the UA for their job. Right. Or for get the military or for mm-hmm. someone with, that was in pain management that then couldn't get their pain medication. I mean, there are so many reasons why this is a horrible idea that I can't even begin to list them. But mm-hmm. anyway, so these idiots are being charged and hopefully their guests are all okay. I would imagine they are by the next day, but still really not okay. No, I would be returning my gift <laughs> you grab it right off the gift table, would you? March would. out with it. That's right. What in the hell? Yeah, I would. At the very least, no one's ever going to trust this fool again. As I'm well, they should you. not. No, 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 no. Yeah. So I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for our main case. Okay. <laughs> Today's main case is the murder of Orsolia Gall. And if any of you have been paying attention to the news at all in the last week and a half or so, you know who I am talking about. Orsolia is the woman who was found dead in a duffel bag a few blocks from her home. There was a trail of blood leading to her home. A man walking his dogs discovered the duffel bag and called the police. The dogs Mm -hmm. and the police followed the trail back to her home. She was stabbed about 55 times. Mm -hmm. 
Oh. And left in a duffel bag on the street. Oh, my God. Well, a lot of information is rolling out now about what's happened. Beginning with the arrest of a man named David Bonola. David initially was known as a handyman around Rosalia's house. Mm -hmm. And the police had actually been looking for him for a few days to question him when he walked up to the police near Orsoya's house and said, I think you're looking for me. They arrested wow. him. And when they began to question him, he gave a bunch of incriminating details and basically confessed. Wow. So a lot of what we know really is coming from him in that confession. And so I want to give this information a caveat that, a lot of um, there's a lot of information being reported about David and Norsolia's relationship. And I'm going to tell you what that is, but please take this with a grain of salt because we're at the beginning of this. And it's possible that not all of this is true or wasn't viewed the same way by Orsolia. But this is the information that we have. So Orsolia's husband and older son were away. Uh, looking at colleges for him. He's <laughs> heading off to college. Her 13-year-old son was home when this occurred. He initially was arrested and taken uh, in for questioning. He has been released with no charges. We don't know the whole story yet about how Orsolia was stabbed 55 times in the same house as her 13-year-old son, and he not know. However, yeah. This is a very large house. They're right. quite wealthy. Mm -hmm. This is a $2 million home. Maybe it's just a really big place. And he was in a completely different part of the house. Not 100% sure on that. Well, but and if he was a gamer and he had headphones on and he was right. gaming all night. And, and this was in the middle jazz. of the night. This happened at like yeah. 1230 at night, 1230 a.m. So, you know, that could be the case. He could have just been asleep in a different room and it just mm -hmm. was not. Let, you know, too far away to hear. I don't know. But there's a yeah. little question about that. But they have proven that, yes, dad and oldest son were, in fact, I think in Oregon. Uh, so they were all the way across the country when yeah. this occurred. So what um, Bonoba is reporting, or Bonola, sorry, um, is that he and Orsolia have had an on-again, off-again relationship for the last two years. And about a month ago, they got back together briefly. Then she broke it off. And that he came to the home to try to convince her to get back with him. And when she said no, he flew into a rage and stabbed her about 55 times. And then took a, a big duffel bag, like a hockey duffel bag, something like that, that would hold a lot of gear. Mm -hmm. And stuffed her body in it and carried it not quite a mile from her house and just dumped it on the street. And that's when it was found by the dog walker. And, yeah. you know, all of that went down. Mm -hmm. So police had been looking for him because there was a note on the refrigerator that said, get a handyman. And then somehow they knew that he mm -hmm. was in fact the handyman. Mm -hmm. um, so let me tell you, a little bit about him because, you know, there are a lot of questions about 
what the hell, you know? Mm -hmm. So he is fairly well known in his community as a pretty creepy dude. He is estranged from his wife and he has two children of his own. Um, He'd been working as a handyman. But he was known in his community to go into his local Starbucks and hit on the baristas. Mm. He would leave them creepy love notes in their tip jar. And he would make up little songs about them and just come on to them and make them uncomfortable every time he was in there. Mm -hmm. Um, They, the, the police had been called on him several times there, but he was always gone by the time they got there. So they'd never actually done anything about it. Um, But he actually proposed to two different baristas in that Starbucks. For God's sake. By passing them a note with a piece of jewelry attached to it. And he was in that. Yeah. And uh, just very strange. He was in that. He was in that Starbucks several times a week. Mm -hmm. And always made people feel uncomfortable in there. He also asked them a lot of personal questions. He wanted to know how old they were, their birthdays, where they lived, where Mm -hmm. they went to school, really upset them, Mm -hmm. but they were never able to uh, get the police there in time to do anything about him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He made other customers in that Starbucks uncomfortable as well. And which is kind of known in community as a creepy dude. Yeah. So one of the things that happened with the police is when they found his home where he lived, they were sort of waiting around outside, waiting for the trash truck to pick up his trash. And as soon as they did uh, that, as soon as that happened, then they were um, able to take his trash away. And so they did take a bunch of his trash, including a pair of boots that were covered in blood. Oh, wow. So they have some physical evidence of things that he had thrown away. Mm-hmm. Um, they also know that since 2020, he has been commenting and liking um, uh, Orsolia's uh, Facebook posts. Another thing that happened right after she was killed is that a text message was sent to her husband from her phone claiming that um, the rest of her family was next, basically. Wow. So this was kind of, you know, a little bit of a setup on his part to maybe to shift attention away from him. And that maybe, um, you know, it would be somebody that was threatening their family. Hmm. Yeah. So he's now charged with second degree murder and criminal possession of a weapon and tampering with evidence Mm -hmm. uh, so far. And they do have him, you know, in, in interview giving information and, and at least a partial confession. So they're pretty sure that this is in fact who, who killed her. Yeah. Um, But boy, there's a lot of stuff coming out now you know, that supposedly there was an intimate relationship here and that he killed her because 
she wouldn't get back with him. Now, you know, we're, we're going to have to wait and watch that roll out a bit because we don't know right. for sure he's saying that. Maybe right. they have some information from their cell phones at this point, but it's really early days in this investigation. Yeah. But it's pretty clear that he's the guy. But considering that he was making a lot of unwanted advances on women at Starbucks and stuff, is it possible that he dreamed all this up in his head and there was never a relationship? Right. See, that there's some question there. I have questions yeah. there, too. Did she just see him as their handyman? We don't and know. Showed up there trying to, uh, you know, pull some moves on her and she yeah. yet again shut him down and it pissed him off. I don't know. I, I think it's wise to, yeah, take it all with a grain of salt and just kind of wait and see. Yeah. But because nevertheless, what a horrifying crime. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And, you know, I can't find anything that says that that information is coming from anywhere other than him about mm -hmm. their relationship. So we'll keep an eye on that because I want to see, you know, is that actually really true? Was yeah. she having an affair with him or is that what he wants everyone to think? Right. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So Interesting. and if it's not true, what mm. a terrible thing to do to her husband and family. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, besides everything else is horror. I I know there's it's all killing her was even worse, but yeah, it's but all yeah, then to leave her terrible. family with this story, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Um, Orsilia and her husband and children have done a lot of travel. Her neighbors loved her and thought she was a really amazing person. Um, her neighbors also believe that she and her husband are from Hungary. Mm. She was well known for being super kind and friendly mm -hmm. to her neighbors and community. And, you know, her neighbors are just heartbroken because they yeah. all know her and, you know, they've lived in yeah. their, they lived in Forest Hills in Queens in New York City and they'd lived there for about 10 years. Uh -huh. um, her husband is a partner in an investment firm and um, she had, she went to business school at some point. Mm hmm but yeah, it's very sad. The whole thing is horrifying. And to find this is the second time in a month, maybe, right? yeah. that a, a body has been found on the street, just dumped on the street. Mm -hmm. uh, because we had, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the, the the Harvey. Uh... Yeah, the serial killer mm -hmm. who'd, who'd already done prison time for two murders, who is now back yeah. in jail for another who had left body parts laying out in the street. I mean, yeah, that's pretty horrifying. That is unbelievable to imagine that just happening. Well, yeah. the dog walker that found it, yeah, you know, his dog goes and sniffs at a bag and he yeah, just and decides he to open it on blood. up. And, yeah. yeah. There's a body inside and then the dog actually led them along that blood trail. To open it. He found blood and so he called the police. Oh, my understanding was that he did open it. Oh, okay. I have not seen that in any of my research, but this is certainly possible. Okay, I well, think this came I from a TikTok, it, so take it with a grain of salt. There you go. I saw a TikTok that said that he opened it and saw that there was a body there, and that the dog actually led the police all the way back down the blood trail to her house. Yeah, yeah, because there was blood leaking from the bag the whole way. Mm -hmm. 
I think if I found a bloody duffel bag on the street, I would definitely not open it. Yeah, no. I would just real quick call 911. If I was faced with that, I'm quite sure I would not touch the bag. But it's like those kids that found the suitcases on the beach and opened them up and they were full of body parts. Yeah. Yeah. That's now going to become a phobia. <laughs> right. Especially Look. in New York. Yeah. No kidding. Well, because it's happened a couple of times recently. Yeah. So we will keep an eye on this case. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot more information to roll out. And, you know, obviously it's good that they have picked him up so quickly. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, it, it does beg the question is this the first time he's done something like this because of his behavior in his community that has really creeped people out? Mm -hmm. Are there other crimes out there that could be attributed to this person? It does make you wonder. It absolutely does. It's a good question. And we'll see because they're certainly going to end up with his DNA on file now. Oh, they most definitely will. And it, and it is very, you know, just, I just think we need to keep an eye on this guy because clearly Mm -hmm. he's got a pattern. Of being yeah. super creepy, and mm-hmm. I'm very glad he's off the street. But I'm so sorry for yeah. or or Soligal's family, her children, her husband, her community. This is yeah. a huge loss for yeah. sure. So we will continue to update that in our Wednesday night case updates as we yes. know more. So, Katie, I hear you have a little bit of WTF news for us. Oh. <laughs> All righty. So in WTF news, and I don't know if WTF is the best place to put this, but it's where I put it. Uh, We're talking about a case coming out of Texas. This is Melissa Lucio, who is a mother of 14, who's been convicted of murder and the death of her two-year-old daughter. She's been on death row for about 10 years. And she is in Texas, right? In Texas. Yep. And she's set to die uh, this month. And there's been a lot of hard work uh, to work on her case because there's a lot of new evidence that has come out that would indicate that maybe she's not guilty of anything. So the Innocence Project got involved. And I'm actually going to show you their TikToks because I think that that is uh, the best way to tell this story and let them tell the story. Uh, They're not the only ones. John Oliver did a story on this uh, last week there's been a documentary on this story Mm -hmm. and it is very polarizing and some of you will probably feel like this is uh you know called for and some of you won't so you know we don't have to fight it out uh but this is just some information that we wanted to share so we'll start here Mm -hmm. or at least it should this is our client melissa lucio and in less than 30 days the state of texas plans to execute her for a crime that never happened now you might be wondering what do you mean a crime that never happened and what i mean is that melissa lucio was wrongly convicted and sentenced to death for her daughter's murder when no murder happened but before i get into all the details let me just say that there are too many doubts and issues in this case for me to even get to them all in this one video so there will be a part two In 2007, Melissa's two-year-old daughter, Mariah, fell down a flight of stairs while the family was moving homes. Mariah was prone to falling because she had a foot that turned in that made her unstable while she was walking. 
After the fall, though, she didn't seem seriously injured, but two days later, she took a nap and she couldn't be woken up. The family called 911, but Mariah couldn't be resuscitated. Her death was a tragic accident, not a murder. And yet within a couple of hours of Mariah's death, police took Melissa in for questioning and she was never allowed to go home to her 11 other children again. Police jumped to the conclusion that Mariah's death had been caused by abuse and they interrogated Melissa for five hours, while she was pregnant with twins. They did that thing that they do on TV where they threatened her and then they yelled at her and then they suggested that maybe she would get a lighter sentence if she just said that she had beaten her daughter but she hadn't actually meant to kill her. Over the course of those five hours, Melissa asserted her innocence more than 100 times. And that kind of manipulation and intimidation is particularly coercive for a lifelong survivor of sexual assault and domestic violence like Melissa. And yet she maintained her innocence for hours. Be sure to watch part two for the rest. And if you want to take action and help save Melissa Lucio, go to savemelissa.org. This is part two about our client, Melissa Lucio, who is facing execution on April 27th in Texas. And I'm going to try and fit everything into this video. But truly, truly, there are so many injustices in this case, they may not even fit in these two videos. So after hours of coercive interrogation, during which officers described to Melissa how they thought she had abused her daughter, it became clear to Melissa that they weren't going to let her go unless they heard what they wanted to hear. So she finally gave in to their relentless pressure and manipulation and repeated the descriptions of abuse back to them and said, I guess I did it, in reference to some of Mariah's injuries. But she never said she killed her daughter because she didn't. It would be a huge stretch to call what she said a confession, but that's what police did. Then two of the officers who interrogated Melissa were present at Mariah's autopsy, and because they said she had confessed, there wasn't really any meaningful investigation into Mariah's cause of death, including her extensive health history. And then this false and misleading evidence was presented at her trial. But you know what wasn't presented at her trial? Evidence that supported the argument that Melissa abused any of her children. Several judges who have reviewed Melissa's case have now said that she had an unfair trial. And the district attorney who pursued the death penalty in her case is now serving a 13-year federal sentence for bribery and extortion. But the most important thing to know here is that Melissa urgently needs your help. She is scheduled to be executed in less than 30 days. We really need all the support we can get to stop this irreversible injustice before it's too late. Go to SaveMelissa.org to find out how you can sign the petition and take other actions to support her or check out the link in our bio. This before we talk about this, I know I said this in part two, but there are so many injustices in this case that it would take me hours to unpack them all on here. So if you are interested in learning more about Melissa's case and the new evidence that the jury never got to hear, please check out the clemency petition filed by our attorneys. I'll link that in bio. It includes statements from medical experts, jurors who said they would have voted differently if they'd seen the new evidence, and much more. Okay, so let's talk about bite marks. So the medical examiner in Melissa's case said that her daughter Mariah had bite marks on her body, which the medical examiner said were signs of abuse. But the thing is, bite mark analysis has no scientific basis and has been completely debunked since Melissa's trial. Studies have found that even so-called bite mark experts can't agree on whether or not something is or is not a bite mark. So there's no way the medical examiner could have known that those were bite marks. Dozens of people have been wrongly convicted based on bite mark evidence. And those are just the cases we know of. By the way, this type of evidence is so problematic that Texas issued a moratorium on its use in 2016. So bite mark evidence is no longer used in Texas courts because it's not valid. In the clemency petition that was filed by Melissa's attorneys, you'll also find statements from medical experts about the bruises and fracture. At trial, the medical examiner said Mariah had bruises and was recovering from an injury to her arm that she said could only have been caused by abuse. 
but several experts, including pathologists and a pediatric orthopedic surgeon, have reviewed the evidence and concluded that the medical examiner's testimony was false. Mariah showed signs of a blood coagulation disorder that can cause bruises throughout the body like the bruises Mariah had. The kind of arm injury Mariah had is also not a sign of abuse. It's actually an extremely common injury in toddlers and can even happen from a fall from standing height. For more information, please check out the clemency petition that has already been filed to the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles and Governor Abbott. It's linked in our bio, and if you want to sign the petition, go to savemelissa.org. Wow. So, there you go. So, obviously, if you're interested in this case, do more research. Go to savemelissa.org if you want to sign the petition. Follow the Innocence Project on TikTok. They are doing amazing work. Mm -hmm. And just think about it. Because yeah. uh, I'm not saying she is or she isn't. I'm, I'm not going to say I don't want to start a big uh, controversy here. But I do think that it's something that needs to be seriously considered, considering all of the evidence. Well, yeah. I mean, the evidence that wasn't seen by the jury, mm -hmm. the prosecutor is now in prison. I mean, come on. The DA. Isn't there a, yeah. Or the DA. Is, isn't there, like, enough at least to revisit her case? To right hold off execution to find out like this mm -hmm. is a huge there's a there are many red flags here yeah the new york times is reporting that uh there's a pretty good number of both republican and democratic senators and uh, legislators that are pushing the governor to do something uh which is you know a bipartisan action in this case is actually pretty amazing Mm -hmm. And something that should be paid attention to as well. No, so Abbott will listen. Yeah. Not no. known for listening. No, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. But obviously there's way too much. Uh, there's certainly got to be way too much doubt at this point. I mean, there are even jurors saying, had we seen all of the evidence, we would have never voted the way we did. Right. And I mean, why didn't they get yeah, to see all of the why evidence? Didn't they? What was going on? What was going on with her defense? Yeah. You know, like, oof. I'd also be very curious to know how this medical examiner has testified in other cases and what their findings have been. Are they mm -hmm. consistently inconsistent? Are they consistently uh, incorrect? Right. Uh, there's a lot about the medical examiner I would like to know and understand. But at any rate, time is of the essence for Melissa at this point because she's almost done. Yeah. And that, you I know, I her execution date is the 27th. So that's only four days away. And, you know, I am not pro death penalty. And I can't imagine how it can be okay for us to execute someone when there are this many questions. Yeah about whether or not this person even committed a crime at all. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess we'll keep keep everybody updated on this as we go, huh? Yeah, well, we'll know. She doesn't Early have much next time week. left. Yeah, well, and of course, we're actually, uh, this is our Monday case, and uh, we'll know on Monday. We're, we're recording a few days early because of travel. But, yeah. uh, well, we'll know on Wednesday. Wednesday would be the day. Yeah. So, at any rate, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this next week and see what Governor Abbott does. Definitely. What happens? Yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you.
Yeah. Oh, well, we've started off the week with some barn burners, haven't we? Yeah. So we will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday with more new content. We'll be back Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain for our Wednesday night case update live stream. And we'll be back on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Mountain for the Psychic Hour live stream. So stay here with us. Lots more great content to come. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and comment. It helps us grow. And be sure to check us out on Patreon. We have a couple of new episodes coming out over there. That's one way to get bonus content from us. You become a patron there. And you get some extra episodes that nobody else gets to see. And you know what? There's two years worth of extra episodes in there already mm-hmm. that you could also get access to. So yeah. if you love what we do and would like to see more of it, that is a great way. So we're just True Crime Paranormal on Patreon. Yep. Well, you guys, you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care. Take care.